Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Welcome to Bring Out the Talent, a podcast featuring learning and development experts discussing innovative approaches and industry insights. Tune in to hear our talent help develop yours. Now here are your hosts, PTA's CEO and President Maria Melfa and Talent Manager Jocelyn Allen. Hey, Jocelyn. <laughs> How are you today? Hi, Maria. I'm excited about our episode on ASMR in the learning and development area. Stop laughing, Jocelyn. This is a podcast. No, you're right. We need to be up and up on the trends. And yes, ASMR and learning. Everybody gets a microphone. Yes, it is very important for us to bring this, the peace and comfort to the development industry. Okay. (laughs) So, so let's get started. And when we get started, you'll realize why we are talking this way. And it has not, it has nothing to do with our topic, but it has to do with our guest. So, did you know that since 2020, nearly 75% of organizations are utilizing platforms such as Zoom or Teams for their training? The significant growth in virtual learning has paved the way for a crucial change to emerge a new role called virtual session producer. As we look ahead, it's fascinating to see that virtual events in this industry are projected to reach a staggering 366 billion by the year 2027. With this rapid expansion, there's also an increasing demand, of course, for this new role, as we just said, virtual session producers. In this episode of Bring Out the Talent, we chat with Matt Granado, the Managing Director of MG Creative Group. Matt has a wealth of experience in virtual event production. He's not only a master of the craft, but also a visionary when it comes to virtual session production. His expertise extends far beyond the technical aspects, encompassing the art of curating, engaging, and immersive virtual experiences. In this ever-evolving world of virtual events, Matt shares tips and best practices to help us navigate the intricacies of virtual session producing. So welcome, Matt. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you. I, I appreciate that intro. That was I. I felt very good hearing all of that stuff. And I said, "Okay, yeah, I, I'm doing some things." Yes, you yes, are. Yes, you Absolutely. are. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's kind. Of, that's that's really where we should start, Matt, because we work with you regularly mm-hmm. here at TTA in a number of capacities, and event production is one of those things. So that's where we actually should probably start the conversation with you, because we have worked with you in several capacities here at TTA, right. and a lot of them being virtual event production or session producing, as we call it. But you are also a master voiceover artist and do do stuff like that. So people may or may not recognize your voice because you've worked with uh, brands such as Microsoft, the Houston Astros, which is so cool. You spent your time doing newscasting for a while too. I know that's part of your background. So can you tell a little bit about how you kind of started, got started in this world and how it brought you to where we are today? Absolutely. And and the funny thing about it is that, yeah, I always have the TV on or or something. I'm listening to a lot of different 
uh, things throughout the day when I'm working. And sometimes I find it hard to even uh, recognize myself. I've had it happen before where I'll do a, a spot for somebody on cable and a few months go by and you don't think about it. And then all of a sudden you'll have sports center on. And then you hear like, wait a minute, who's that guy talking about cleaning the haze off of my headlamps on my car? I, that was me. Or that copy sounds familiar. And you go, who, where have I heard that before? Oh, well, I read that. Yeah. So I get a fair amount of that myself, which is always funny. But generally, to answer your question, it's it's something voiceover, especially uh, along with everything else that I've done in my career has sort of been a, a fun happenstance. To, it's It's been something I've been passionate about. It's been something I really enjoyed doing and kind of ended up there in, in a place in a way that fate probably stepped in and, and and did what it needed to do. I mean, I got my my role starting in mass communications after I was a political science major in college. So I spent my entire time learning about the differences of different geopolitical systems throughout the world and how governments interact with each other. And then in my last year, they're like, oh, yeah, you need to fulfill this this credit and you need it for your mass communications credit in order to wrap everything up and graduate. All right, well, let me pick this class, MassCom. And we did TV shows. We did live like fashion shows for the school and things like that. And the whole time it's all bringing cameras in and and bringing lights in and taping things and editing. So that's really where I got a, a lot of my first look at that stuff. But voiceover specifically, I started when I was six, if you can believe it or not. Wow. I was not a commercial or anything like that, but I used to have, when I was in school, we had a, a principal who was a small school who, if you could come up with like a, an activity that you wanted to do, should let you do it. If you had like a, an educational reason why it was, why it would be good. And I always told her I wanted to speak into the microphone in the gymnasium where we had lunch and they brought the tables out for the cafeteria and everything. They made announcements on the microphone. I said, I want to speak on the microphone. She goes, well, what are you going to say? I said, I haven't figured it out yet. I just want to talk on the thing. I love that origin story. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about too. I always like the megaphones too. They had, I was like, what is that thing? I want to, I want to play with it. Right. Exactly. But then, but yeah, then I just realized fun. I was my own megaphone and I do not need any more help projecting my voice. I'm I'm quite dainty and quiet, as they say about me. Those are the first two things. Oh yeah. Okay. Of, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I I heard that producer Dave might have some samples that he could play for us before we go on to the next question. I do. Matt, do you have a do you have a choice? I have all the clips that you sent along. Do you have a okay. preference as to which um, I play? I think it's funny because I think that the Astros one, it, it, it always gets the most sort of attention because it's baseball and what's fun. Sure. This It was one I did for season ticket holders, bringing season ticket holders back for, I think it was postseason or something like that. But, you know, a nice, a nice digital spot. There are few moments like it. Moments that compare to arriving here. And despite all of us going to the same place, we all come for different reasons. Some come for the sights. Some for the sounds. Some come for the bombs. Some for the bonds. Some come for passion. Some come for the plays. Well, I'm jealous of the voice. Let's just say that. 
That is awesome. It's I so love cool. that. Because well, you can visualize yourself like hearing it, right? Like seeing the commercial and just being like, oh. And it's just, it's cool to like understand a little bit about what's behind that. Yeah. And, and for this particular one, and this was from, I don't know, maybe the 2022 season. I can't remember quite off the top of my head, but it was interesting because when they brought it up in the creative description, they say, you want to hear from somebody who sounds sort of, and this is common in voiceover. If you're reading auditions, it's somebody that's believable or approachable or could be your friend. And and that sort of gives you a little bit of homework to do as a voice actor, because they might say they want their audience to hear this as somebody that is they view as a friend. Well, uh, who's their audience? Who should they, who should I be talking to as if they're my friend makes a big difference. So that was one of those ones where it was like a little more personal, closer to the microphone, quiet down a little bit and evoke that sort of feeling of like, Hey, you're at the ballpark. You know what that feels like. Such a cool thing. Yeah, it was fun. What would happen if you had a horrible voice? Well, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's all subjective though. Right. Yeah. I, I've, I'll t- I'll tell you this without and I'm not going to name names or anything like that. I've definitely heard some commercials where I sat there and I've read I've read the audition. I'll put it to you this way first. I always say off the top of my head, it's usually that they pick the right person. Once in a while, I'll hear it and I'll go, "Okay, they didn't have to pick me, but I didn't particularly like the person they picked." But that's <laughs> the point: is that it's yeah. all up to creative people who are writing the spot, who are seeing the vision come together. And that's why really at the at the end of the day, when it comes to voiceover, I don't get hung up over any one audition or one project or one client or anything. Because if you wonder what happened to the, the script that you read and you thought you nailed it, yeah, you might have sounded great. You probably did sound great. But if it's not what they envisioned when a creative work that they wanted to see in the end, then it's not going to be you. And it's nothing personal if your voice happens to be smooth as butter or it's something a little bit more memorable we'll say something a little bit harder to forget (laughs) it all matters to whatever the end product is so you don't you don't think about it you don't take it personally and you just keep trying to get better at what you do well it's a very nice voice and as i told you i've heard a lot about your voice so yeah thank you very much so going to talk about virtual session producer Do you think that most people understand what this new role is and what actually they provide at this time? No, no, they don't. And if and if they did, I probably wouldn't be doing it correctly. <laughs> I'd probably be doing it the wrong way. I always think of it like like telling somebody a joke. If you got to explain it, what's the old adage? If you have to explain it, it's not a very good joke. Well, if 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 I have a session that say is on Zoom and we're dealing with 50, 60 people and your facilitator and the clients there, if they really if if they get to know me on that call, it's probably I'm probably not doing the best job. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not there for me. They're not there. I'm not there to be part of the story. I'm there to help enhance certain things. I'm there to help bring maybe certain themes to the forefront and technically obviously be a support to to whoever I'm working with. But I always approach it that way, which is to first look at how you want to ensure that everything's going to go smoothly. You're going to support the people you need to support. And I guess ultimately my, my philosophy is that whether it's the client or the facilitator that you're working with in this case, everybody just wants to feel like it's going to be okay. And whatever the end is that has to get you there, that's what I'm there to provide. So I think that's sort of 
maybe that's why people don't know, but I don't think they necessarily should at the same time because it, it's different for every case. And I see myself there in that role as somebody who's who's there to, I don't say work behind the scenes, but make the scenes flow from one scene to the next. We'll put it that way. So what would your definition be? My definition of a, of being of a, a producer, of a virtual yes. event producer? Yes. I think just generally it's it's just that. It's somebody who who takes the content, the ideas, the people, all of the things that sort of make up that event or that day, and you synthesize it into one thing. You synthesize it into one event, one moment in time where you're talking about whatever the topic is or you're 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 opening up people's eyes to a new way of doing work or working with each other or whatever the case might be. We might be talking about the the basics behind using uh, an editing software and, and the training behind that. Well, if it's heavy, heavily technical and there's a lot to get through, you still got to get through it. But at the same time, you're going to have one of two experiences. It's, it's going to sink in or it's going to fly right by you. And I think that what a virtual producer would do is the same as a television producer, radio producer, anybody. And that is to take all of those elements and, and bring them all together and help paint that picture into that one thing, that one moment in time that, that you're trying to, that experience you're trying to create. What are you, what do you think in order to achieve that? What are your kind of, like what's your checklist? What are your best mm-hmm. practices during like your pre-event kind of prep that right. ensure that you're going to have that ex- that successful event, that you have that cohesiveness that is part of your the definition of the role? Right. I think the number one thing to do, it doesn't to me, it doesn't matter if you're the type of facilitator or the or client who likes to use a lot of technology or almost no technology or you have media clips that you want to bring into your storytelling. None of that makes a difference. That's That can all be put on a piece of paper and we can figure it out and say, this is when it happens. That can be done. I think the most important thing is to meet in at least for a period of time before the session, not just prior to it, but I'm talking before it to build rapport because there's a lot of people out there I've never worked with and they've never worked with me. So I think that the best thing you can do is set aside some time to understand how the other person works under, let them understand who you are and what you're able to do for them. Because the, I think the point at the end of the day is that you want to take some of the stressful pieces of maybe building a a memorable program or getting your research done and then getting your slides done. You take that. And for a moment, you just say, let's reset. I'm present here with the person I'm working with, and this is what they're, they can do. And this is what we're going to bring to it together. If, if you let me, I mean, I have a quick story just from when I was in school, I went to school at Syracuse. I went to new house at Syracuse back in, I don't know what it was, 20, 2010. It was a while ago now. In in that in that whole process, there's a sports broadcasting program that goes on at Syracuse as well. A couple of people have heard of it. it. Might be a big deal. I don't know. No, no, it it actually is. My <laughs> son actually did look into Syracuse because okay. he majored in sports analytics, and that Syracuse did have a good program. Also, yeah, very absolutely. very good school. Thank yes. you. I was okay. only joking. <laughs> okay. Well, one of the things that it was great. You get a chance to. 
you're exposed to a lot of different things that you might see if you're going to go into sports broadcasting. So we had basketball games, football games. And if let's say the ACC network, or back then it was the big East, they were there and they had a production. They'd let us see what the producer and the director and everybody else did. What struck me though, about those days and watching that happen was that all the things they were in charge of and all the things they had to worry about, they would always take time to play a card game together these this particular director and producer to play a card game together before the show started because why it resets you now you're looking at the person that you're going to bring this home with you're, you're you're changing your focus away from all those little tense things that you're trying to keep in mind and do, and you're resetting the table you're kind of giving yourself that deep breath that you need you're building rapport with the person you're going into and then that way when let's say in a virtual event you click open the room you're not sitting there going let me get my papers together. Let me be trying to figure out what is going on with your monitor. And these are all things you can always handle prior to. But I think the most important thing is taking that time to build rapport so that there's at least the beginnings of trust if you haven't worked with somebody before and that everybody is going into it in a good, positive mental space and not just sort of opening the gates and letting all the, the mayhem that may, may have been processing before that move right into it. Just winging it as you will. Yeah. Not so much a good idea. Yeah. The prep part is really important and it's for the way that we organize our projects and opportunities that have this capability tied to them is always those kickoffs and prep time and even like train the trainer type of stuff so that you can do run throughs and connect on the way that these will how you will interact with each other and opportunities to see where different types of support is needed. Cause I know you like to throw in some fancy things every now and again, like music during break time and all that and <laughs> understanding like what that does for the learner. So like that's, that's all part of it. That like knowing that you have those capabilities is all in your prep. Right. And, and I think prep is, it's a, it's a relative, it's a relative term to whoever's doing it too. I think that you can ask like, Hey, did you do your homework? If you ask your kid, Hey, did you do your homework? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, their version of I did my homework versus yours might be somewhat different, but it's the same thing. It's, I think a lot of that's a lot of the the things you mentioned as far as adding those little moments with say music in the break or suggesting a book title or a video clip that might be relevant if the content is sort of more free flowing. That to me is kind of baked into the cake. Like when I take a job, like that's, yeah, that's, that's part of it. That's sort of, yeah, part of the, the mm-hmm. sign of the, the whole, what is it? Price of doing business, I guess mm-hmm. they say. Mm-hmm. I don't look at that necessarily so much as prep. Like that's part of it. You gotta, you gotta come in personally prepared and knowing the content and knowing where you're going. Uh, I think that the prep that everyone needs to always focus on is that again, rapport building stuff. So yeah, I, I think you're, you're right on the money there. What about this, the technology side of things? Because one, you are a media person. So technology is something like a skill that you, you have and excel in, but it's a lot of what, or a hundred percent, right. Of what bringing virtual event production to life is all about. So like, what about some essential technologies or tools that maybe you're using that you found to make a huge impact on your delivery? Yeah. I think the first thing, cause I was, I was sort of doing before the pandemic, and I know everybody talks about the pandemic as sort of this the point where everything changed, and it did. It, that's not that's not lost on me. It definitely did. But I think as soon as that really set in that that was going to be the direction 
of things for a while. For my nine to five job that I had at the point, I started at that point, I started really building out the home space that I had. I'd always had a home space that I did for voiceover because that's been a part of my work for a long time. But in, I, I think the one of the first things, especially for folks now who are doing more from home or see themselves doing more from home, number one, you have to have a great internet connection. And I don't care if the technology develops past whatever the case may be. Internet connection is so paramount. And it's the number one thing that even if you go, oh, I hope it's going to work for this event. It's always going to let you down. Trust me. <laughs> so <laughs> if you think you need so much, I always say, go, go above that. Go think about what it'll be like on its worst day. And that's the truth. Because when you're working in a home environment or you're not near say something regular that you'd have in the office, it's going to take you maybe longer to upload files or you might get cut out of that meeting or kicked off and you can't get back on. That's number one. I think number two is I, I looked a lot at, and I'm not this, listen, they're not paying me any money, so it's not an endorsement, but if they want to, that's fine. They can. <laughs> but I use a lot of stuff from Elgato. I use a lot of things like Stream Deck. I use, I like the face cam. I like their, I like all of the way that their items tie together. And the reason I usually tell people about that is because they are geared a little bit more towards making the technology side of presentation a little simpler for people who may, maybe it's not their main thing. So I always think that those, Anything that can make those moments a little less stressful for people who do have to talk in front of groups or prepare themselves. I always like using those types of elements. Great. So what other elements do you incorporate in your virtual classes to make it much more engaging? Right. Well, and we were just talking about technology, but I think that that doesn't, I think it doesn't really matter what changes in the long run from one day to the next, uh, I think that at its core, virtual events are the same thing as what it was when I was producing television or radio or building content for the web. At the at its core, it's all the same. It's how are you going to make this two and a half hours or two hours or hour or 30 seconds, whatever you have, how, you, how are you going to make that message something that resonates and people take away with them? And I think for my money, I, I, I always think that people find the best connection with not only like animated movie clips, like things from their childhood. It seems to always stir this conversation that, that goes on and on and on in, inside of events. I think that anything media related is always something visual video clips. Great book titles will always do it too. But what that really strikes at is, I think, authenticity. And I think that having stories that are personal, stories that people can grab onto, encouraging as much of that as possible, those are always the things that, again, it doesn't matter if it's a video clip and you're just tuning in to watch or you're in a room of people. You stop and you sort of let your ears perk up a little bit. Or, you, or if you're dividing your focus between an email and listening, it usually stops people in their tracks. So... My suggestion is, and the thing I always try to do myself is inject as much of your, of your personal experience, your personality into that. And that's usually part of the winning formula. Okay, great. So what about elements like quizzes or gamification? Mm -hmm. Do you mm -hmm. use any of those? Oh, sure. 
quizzes are all that stuff is fun. And I think what's fun about it for like, if you're somebody like me, I liken it to like flying a, uh, flying a plane, right? If you're a pilot, you fly a plane, you do it every day of the week and the nuts and bolts of doing it becomes sort of like muscle memory for you. You don't think necessarily about all the steps uh, like you would when you're first starting out. But once in a while, you get to fly over the Grand Canyon or you get to fly over Washington, D.C. and see some things. So I always like things like that, that just, you know, you might catch people off guard a little bit where you don't see that normally in, in, in a in a session or or you'll do a, a poll and you'll say, all right, we're going to answer the, these questions in the poll. And then you can build an entirely different breakout session based on the answers to that poll or, or how people did on those quizzes. You go, this is great because it's sort of this real time consequence of, of your answer. It's good. <laughs> you know, it'll land you in this part of the training. It's kind of a fun thing. It's like, choose your own adventure, but those, those always make me laugh. And that's great. What you're saying, as far as creating a breakout room after the poll, because yeah. that would be hard for the the main facilitator to go ahead and do that. Obviously, it's it's hard. And I know we've seen challenges where we've had an instructor that says, oh, I, I can run this class. I don't need a session producer. And then they're running the class and then there's chat. It's coming in or questions yeah. or people can't see this or they're having technical issues. And there's obviously massive disruption with the class. So being able to keep the class on track and being able to add some of these other interactive elements is very key and really keeps engagement high. Yeah. And one of those things we were talking about before with preparation, I mean, the more that you map out where you're going, the, the better you can take advantage of those things, obviously. But I think you make a great point about some facilitators too, or folks who deliver content. I think that some, when you say that, oh, I don't need, or, or this may not help me out, I, I think there's the same case that goes on where some of them may not know exactly how they could be benefited from from working alongside somebody else. And that's part of it because there is a lot of coordination that goes on throughout the course of any of any of the training events, whether it's between a client or a representative of the company or whether it's if you have 60 folks inside of a a, a session, you better believe that. 10 of them are going to have technical issues and at least eight of them are, are going to be chatting you all the time looking for an answer. So there's a lot of things that you can sort of take out of that peripheral field of view for a facilitator and allow them to sort of, again, zero in on whatever it is that they're there for and that they're good at and can focus on. And I can sit in there at the same time and take some of that away and then also see things emerging and say, Hey, there's a theme that everybody's talking about. Would you like to ask folks to bring more of this up in the chat? Or would we like to do a poll about it? And I'll tell people that I work with, if you need to do that on the fly, go ahead and let me know. I'm, I'm available for that too. So I, I think that that's um, part of the education of it in, in, in building a rapport, like we talked about. So what about, because obviously there's so many kind of like facets to this role, mm -hmm. right? You have the responsibility of maintaining and kind of creating some engagement, right? Your input in that prep time. And then in the yeah. live delivery time, it's support of the facilitator showing them like what you can provide to take a weight off of their shoulders yeah. so they can focus what their job is to do. What it, it all sounds dreamy and perfect and fun and exciting, right? But 
how do you learn these lessons of what's important? Like, tell me a story about a time where maybe something happened that wasn't desirable or any funny type of stories where you were like, hmm, next time going into this, I'm going to change this so that doesn't happen again. Hmm. I want something funny. I know. And I know I've got them. That's the problem. It's just trying to, it's trying to pull one up here. Yeah. What, what has been some good ones? I, okay. And, and, and again, I could be good at not naming any names, but I've got some, I've, I've got some really memorable ones. I think <laughs> some of them, I've always tried to be very d- deliberate with what I say and the words I say, because there's options, let's say in the menu in zoom, that if you call it something close to what it is, folks aren't going to know what you're talking about. You may get it and another person may get it, but I always try to be very deliberate. And I think one of the times I asked somebody if we needed to make sure that everyone needed to authenticate their credentials coming into a meeting and they were, Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And we did that. And I checked that box, make sure. Well, the meeting started and, and a few minutes kick in. Where's everybody at? I don't know. Well, they should be here. We should have a few in a waiting room by now. And then, of course, they start getting the messages that say, yeah, people are trying to log in and it's saying they need to authenticate. I said, yeah, that's that's <laughs> where they authenticate and they put their names and credentials in and, and go from there. And then as soon as I said names and credentials, they go, oh, no, no, we don't want that. <laughs> so I had to go back in, click inauthentic or not inauthenticate but turn authentication off let everybody else if they just had the meeting link come in but that's why those sometimes even if you ask questions or you try to sidestep a few problem areas or things that have popped up in the past sometimes they're just bound to pop up (laughs) and and it's even in the best case scenario where you try to you try to say hey this could happen there's always another way that it can so that was one of those moments for me for sure you could see how that would just go south very quickly. Well, yeah, get well, that that's fixed. <laughs> that, and that's well, that's part of it. It's just like, again, back to the idea that everybody just wants to feel like it's going to be okay, and and that's honestly, it's like my bread and butter for no matter what it is, whether it's voiceover work and clients that I work with, or or the training sessions and and being a virtual event producer. I think it's just so important to have that element of trust or be able to tell a client that you're working with that, Oh, I I know what's causing this. And let me fix this for you. If they see you excited or worried or breaking a sweat or having an issue with something, and it's okay to have an issue, but if they see you out of control, they're going to think it's out of control. And if they see that you have it under control, that's all that. I mean, that's the whole currency that I operate in, which is to say, Hey, I've, I've seen this before. And, Trust me, we're going to be all right. Love that. Yes, I agree. That is what the role is all about. And we've seen trainings go off without a hitch, specifically because of session production, too. So it, it is. It's a great tool that we've seen yep. utilized in the best way possible, thanks to you and some of the other wonderful folks that we have that do what you do. It's 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 Thank awesome. You. Well, Matt, this was really, really great information and a fun topic to talk about because sure. we want to make sure that this is something that people are aware of for their training necessities, right? And making sure that they have really engaging and fun learning regardless of the topic and regardless of the topic, they can have a session producer. And we appreciate you sharing all your your insight on the subject. 
Thank you. Thank you. No, I, again, I appreciate being here. This is fun. I, anytime I get to hang out with you guys, I mean, I mean TTA, cause I, I enjoy, I've dealt with so many different folks now, Jocelyn, you're still my favorite. I promise. But no, I've dealt with so many different folks. Don't tell Landon, but <laughs> dealt with so many different people, everybody is awesome to work with. And I mean, from your, your staff there, but also a lot of great resources that I've had a chance to sort of build some relationships with too. So as always, thank you for having me in mind and, and the opportunity. Thank you very much, Matt. Awesome. Well, it's not exactly the end of the show because we have the the other fun part of what we uh, do here, the TTA 10. I know you're ready for that. I'm ready. It's the TTA 10, 10 final questions for our guest. All right, Matt. So you bragged at the beginning that you've done your research, so you're very well aware of what the TTA 10 is. So I will not bore you with the details, but you know that there are 10 questions I'm going to ask with 90 seconds on the clock. Whatever the outcome is, our friend David's going to step in at that point and, I don't know, do a little ditty. Is that what we're calling him, David? That's what I'm calling him. So, <laughs> And I told you I do I do my prep. I do my homework. I All right. I wasn't lying. I listen. I know what well, you're up we'll to. We'll see because I did some homework <laughs> too. All right. So, Matt, let's get started. Are you ready? Absolutely. Okay, David, need the 90 seconds, please. Putting 90 seconds on the TTA 10 clock. Jocelyn, starting now. All right, Matt, what is the last show that you binged that you absolutely loved? Better Call Saul. Name a sport that doesn't use a ball. Oh, hockey. What is your favorite meal of all time? Pizza. Where's Waldo? (laughs) Well, it depends on what page you're looking at, but usually he's hiding out in some sort of like around the back of the boardwalk area, peeking up through like a, a, a board clabbered. (laughs) <laughs> who would you cast to play you in a movie about your life that's great Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> the police knock on your door and put you in handcuffs what are you being re- arrested for that's a tough one that kind of come back too loud laughing we're not gonna have time to come back to it let's oh. what's two plus two four beachfront or mountainside oh beachfront if Old McDonald had a farm, what does Young McDonald have? Uh, a couple of eggs. What's your favorite piece of advice to give to someone who needs it? Just wake up every day and do what you got to do and don't worry about the outcome. It'll work itself out. Okay, so technically that is 10 questions asked. Oh. Not completely 10 questions answered, but David, what is the verdict? Well, Please. We, we're not really necessarily strong in math here, but... Matt, you won or something. He did it. He did it. Just under the threshold. I thought you were going to say I got two plus two wrong. No, 89 seconds under, and you you have to deal with a couple of newfangled questions there. So we have something special prepared for you, Matt. We all know that the holy grail of the voice actor is what? The film trailer. And so we have imagined a film in which you are the star. and. And it goes something like this. Get your popcorn ready. Where silence is the norm, one man possesses a power unlike any other. 
the voice actor with an amazing voice is about to become the hero we never knew we needed. In a world overrun by chaos, one man will rise above the noise. Meet Matt Granato. Hey, who's this guy? I don't know, but he's got some kind of power. Listen carefully, my friends. Wow, his voice is incredible. With a voice that can soothe the savage beast or inspire an entire workforce, he's a hero in every sense of the word. I will use my voice and my session producing skills to bring peace to the city. But when a new threat emerges... He has to answer ten of Jocelyn's weird questions. I don't know if he can do it. With this voice, not even the TTA-10 can stop me. Get ready for an adventure that will leave you speechless. When you need that voice, there's only one choice. Matt Granato is the avenging voice. Coming soon to a microphone near you. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Well done, Matt. Congratulations. I love it. I love the creativity behind it. I really do. Was that AI, David? The voices, the AI voices were AI, except for my own voice. I, I played one role. I played the role yes, of Matt. I saw that. I saw, I, saw, I saw you punching in live, and I said, that's a guy who's got some chops. He's definitely done a few things. Matt, yeah. the question that, that was... you got wrong was the one about who would play you in a movie. It's actually uh, David. David. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Grow the beard. So I know it would have made 11, but then I started thinking about it. I go, I've been arrested. What is it for? It's like, okay, breaking the noise or- ordinance, because I, I have... In every room of the house, I've got speakers. I'm playing tunes all the time. I've got guitars on the other side of the room over here. I'm always making noise. So that's what it is. That's your bonus. We'll we'll include it in the episode. Thank you, Matt. It was a pleasure. Thank you. It was great meeting you, too. For more information on virtual session production and voiceover for your training needs, visit us at thetrainingassociates.com. We'll see you later.